Well, there might be no time of year more poised for celebration than like right now, if not today. Uh, right? We're just a week away from Christmas. And that means this is going to be the, the last week of school for kids and students, uh, for their parents, you know, and teachers connected to that with Christmas holidays coming up. We're only a couple weeks away from, from New Year's and kind of the fun and celebration that that creates. And uh, there's just kind of a spirit of celebration in the air at this time of year. But if that isn't enough to kind of get you in the place of celebration um, and also acknowledge that we know that. For some, Christmas isn't always a natural time of celebration. Sometimes Christmas can be hard. We have different experiences and mixed emotions. But uh, on this Sunday before Christmas, we do have one other cause to celebrate as a community. And that's because today actually marks the 20th anniversary of Southridge Community Church. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, um, but 20 years ago today in 2003 on this Sunday before Christmas, uh, we had our first ever service in our gymnasium in our St. Catherine's location at 201 Glenridge Avenue. And on that Sunday at that gathering, Southridge Community Church was born. And it's kind of a cool milestone. Uh, we thought we would, we would note that and just wanted to be able to share a little bit about that today as we celebrate that together. Um, but what makes it more special is though, even though we never really planned it this way, it's just the timing of, of, of our launch worked out, it's kind of cool that we celebrate the anniversary of our local church expression here as Southridge uh, in the Christmas season. Because I think the timing of our anniversary actually has the power and potential to remind us and thoroughly re-anchor us in not only what Christmas is all about, but also what the church is ultimately all about. You see, first things first, uh, the reason there is so much for us to celebrate at Christmas, especially in a community like ours, is that it's the time where we uh, recall and embrace the good news that God came to earth through the person of Jesus in order to show us God's love. Um, I want to look at how we read about this uh, in one part of the, the Gospel of John. In John chapter 1, verse 14, John writes about that event this way. He says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Uh, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, he's referring to Jesus, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, if you've heard this passage before, I don't know if you, you necessarily think of it as, a, as sort of a, a Christmas passage. Sometimes it's refer referenced around Christmas. But these first four words, um, the word became flesh, may actually capture and summarize kind of all the mystery and wonder and all there is to celebrate at Christmas, maybe more than any other sentiment in the scriptures. So what's, what's John saying here? Well, to give a little context on this idea of the word, I, I want to just read for us when we leave this up there, uh, the verse that begins his gospel in John 1, 1, where he says, in the beginning was the word, this capital W word, and the word was with God and the word was God. What John is referring to when he writes about the word is everything you could even imagine packed into the identity and the existence of the God of the universe. Um, this word, word, actually comes from the Greek logos. 
And it can be translated as, as logic or uh, being or substance or essence. It is again trying to communicate everything that something represents. And here it's saying that the essence or the logic of God became flesh in Jesus. Or think about uh, where we more directly get the word logo. The word logo kind of comes from logos. And what, what is a logo? Well, a logo is intended to be a representation of a brand, to communicate and articulate everything that, say, a brand is about. Like when you see the, the Nike swoosh, um, you know, you almost unconsciously sort of feel or recognize or can, can experience all that Nike seeks to be about. Well, what this is saying is that at Christmas, Jesus came into the world as God's logo, becoming flesh to show us who God is. And then it says, because of Jesus, we have seen God's glory, um, the glory of his one and only son. We've seen everything that God is about. Um, and what does that mean? That God is full of grace and truth. That John writes about how what we see in Jesus is that God is full of grace and truth, full measures of both. And later John gets even more concise and summarizes this, this presence of God, this logos of God seen in Jesus as love. That being full of grace and truth in equal measure means God is a God of love. And what we celebrate at Christmas is that God came in the flesh uh, through Jesus to make his love flesh among us. Um, but what's beautiful about having the opportunity to just mark and, and notice and celebrate the anniversary of our local church at Southridge at this time of year is because uh, what we see then throughout the scriptures is that same purpose continues for the church. That coming out of the, the life, death, and supernatural resurrection of Jesus, Jesus then unleashed his spirit on people that put their faith in him and sought to live out their faith together in his local community called the church, uh, intended to carry out this same purpose of making God's love flesh in the world. One way this is, is described is uh, through the Apostle Paul's writing in his letter to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 12, I want to quote one verse there from 1 Corinthians 12, 27, where Paul writes, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. In this whole passage in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is talking about uh, what has happened and can happen now because of God's Spirit made available to us through Jesus. And he says, now you, and this is one of these y'alls, he's speaking to a community of people, you are now the body of Christ. You, by God's spirit, are now the hands and feet of Jesus. Now you have the purpose and the task of continuing to make God's love flesh in the world because of who Jesus is and what he has done. And isn't that wild? You know, if, if it isn't um, wild enough to imagine that uh, the entire being of the God of the universe squeezed his existence into the human life of Jesus to make his love flesh among us, that now he uh, invests in us his spirit and invites us into the church to continue carrying this purpose forward as ordinary, everyday, even dysfunctional at times, you know, regular human beings getting to be part of the body of Christ to continue making God's love flesh in the world. 
That's what makes celebrating this anniversary at Christmas um, so special. And that's what can, this morning, remind us and re-anchor us in the reality that that's the only purpose we've ever sought to live out, um, even since the beginning. To share a little bit of our story, um, while we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Southridge today, uh, the story of our church is actually more than 20 years old. I don't know if you knew that, but the story of our church is actually 43 years in, as we were originally founded um, in 1980 out in the countryside of West St. Catharines, uh, known as Fairview Louth Mennonite Brethren Community Church. We had a great and easy to say acronym, Flimbakuka, um, but we were, we were started by a number of young families who kind of were encouraged and, and came together out of three other local churches in the area, um, inspired to initiate a new church plant where they could make God's love flesh for their kids and for the next generation that they wanted to pour into and invest in the next generation to inspire them to want to know and follow Jesus. And then fast forward to the mid-90s and our founding pastor was ready to retire. And through a series of events, the, the church ended up passing on the leadership of the church to some young adults in the community. Through that investment uh, into pouring love into them as they grew, uh, they were then invited into leadership as the sort of the primary example of the fruit of why the church began in the first place. And then as these young adult leaders began to, uh, to listen and reflect on where God was leading us and how we could keep growing in making God's love flesh in the world, incarnating the love of Christ into the world, um, one of our, our friends and leaders at the time got hold of a book that asked a really uh, convicting and incisive question. Many of you have heard this. We've shared this many times. But the question was, if your church up and disappeared, would anyone in the surrounding society even notice? Um, that if your church up and disappeared, would anyone beyond your walls be affected? Or another way you could say it would be that would the sort of incarnating of God's love in the world sort of be noticeably missed by society if your church ceased to exist? And the question uh, haunted our leaders and ended up sort of haunting our church that while we had uh, made God's love into flesh among us, and especially in the next generation that we had then invited into leadership, um, we recognized that we still had a long way to grow in incarnating that love beyond our own walls. We wanted to grow in being the body of Christ in the community to a greater degree. And out of some facility challenges that we were experiencing in our, our property in uh, West St. Catharines, we be began to consider uh, where God might be leading us to grow in extending his love. And we sensed that um, one of the ways is that God was calling us to grow in our financial investment in order to make and be part of a greater impact of his love in the surrounding community. And we actually participated in a capital campaign together over the course of three years uh, where we pooled together 
two and a half million dollars on 101 commitments, 101 kind of households or, or families within the church, nearly $25,000 per commitment above and beyond uh, the, the regular tithes and offerings that we were committing together. All of which ended up enabling us to actually move into proximity uh, with downtown St. Catharines and our property on Glenridge Avenue, and then open up our ongoing 24-7 homeless shelter as a result of our financial investment in wanting to make God's love flesh in the world to a greater degree. Um, and then we also sensed that God was calling us to widen our invitation um, to grow in inviting people into our lives who on the surface may seem different than us, um, but through uh, mutual relationship, we could discover our commonalities and actually experience the tangible love and presence of Christ in the midst of those friendships in unexpected ways. It meant stepping relationally into environments like our shelter community to experience um, unexpected friendships that can make the difference. And we're only multiplying sort of God's love becoming flesh among us. Um, and then as the years continued to unfold, um, and we continued to sense God inviting us to uh, multiply his love across our region, it's, it's led to us being this three-location church together in three neighborhoods uh, across Niagara, um, with not just our homeless shelter in St. Catharines, but what we call uh, local anchor causes of justice in, and compassion in all three of our locations. You know, through our Harvest Kitchen and Collective Kitchen and Community Garden initiatives, uh, addressing food insecurity in Welland and all of the relationships and community and love that comes out as a result of that. Um, and through our connections and relationships and supports for migrant workers in our Vineland community, you know, through our thrift store um, and our health clinic, our drop-in center, our meals together, our cricket nights, and the, the relationships with hundreds of friends and farm workers who come every season, seeing God's love grow and multiply among us. And also globally through uh, hundreds of child sponsorships that we encourage in our church through Compassion Canada and four child survival programs that we collectively rally around and support together as a church are all the ways that we can celebrate today how through investment and invitation, God has been working through us by his spirit to be a small part of making his love flesh in the world. And that's what we get to sort of recall and celebrate today. And that's what makes it so special in this Christmas season. Um, but one of the cool things about anniversaries is that not only do they uh, give you the opportunity to sort of look back and remember or celebrate where you've been or where you've come from, um, they also let us consider where we are today and where we find ourselves going, you know, tomorrow. Um, and I think the question for us today is, how do we keep being a part of making God's love flesh in the world as the body of Christ in the world? And how is God uh, investing in us and inviting us to keep being part of that, you know, in our time, in our moment, in our day? And I wonder if the themes of investing and inviting can, can help keep guiding us. You know, when it comes to uh, investing 
in extending God's love in the world. Uh, I'm inspired by the example of Jesus as the apostle Paul describes it once again to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, where he writes this to them. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we already talked about the grace that came in the flesh through Jesus. That though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor. So that you, through his poverty, might become rich. What, what's Paul talking about here? Well, he's kind of describing, uh, using another way to describe the word becoming flesh. That when God came into the world through Jesus, Jesus emptied himself of all his divine luxury to come and be one of us so that he could pour his life out for us and his spirit into us so that we could experience the riches of God's love. And he uses this example in this passage to help inspire actually the Corinthian church to keep growing in their financial generosity in how they can be a part of investing in meeting the needs of those around them. And that's something we always want to grow in as a church as well. And uh, you can grow in that and participate in that uh, together with us every week through our operating budget, you know, that helps sustain and support everything we do and all the difference we're seeking to make uh, together. Um, but more specifically, we've heard about how uh, together we could invest in our Southridge Special Delivery Global Offering that we're facilitating these couple weeks leading up to Christmas where we're seeking to raise $30,000 together in order to continue supporting two of our child survival programs in Ecuador and Indonesia. But obviously, generous investment goes well beyond uh, our financial resources. And uh, other investments can be of our, of our time um, and our gifts and our energy. Whether that's being involved with us on a Sunday morning, helping welcome those who come and gather with us, or by continuing to invest in the next generation through our family ministry, where there are so many opportunities and even needs to uh, pour the love of God into our kids and students. Or by connecting in a life group, using your time to participate in a life group, or maybe even lead a new life group in the new year to help others get connected. Or by investing your service in any one of our anchor causes, or then investing your friendship into our community connect program. So many ways we can invest together that help make God's love, love tangible and like flesh in the world around us. Then when it comes to inviting, um, I was reminded of Jesus's words uh, again in the gospel of John this week, where in John 13, 35, Jesus said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, once again, this is one of Jesus's clearest and simplest calls or envisioning that we are primarily to love one another. Um, but when it comes to invitation, I'm struck by how Jesus says, and by that love, everyone will know um, what I am up to in your lives and in this community. That Jesus's heart is for everyone to know his love as it is to be expressed through the body of Christ. When it comes to inviting people um, into this with us, uh, I don't know for you when the last time is uh, you invited someone uh, not already connected to our church community to, to come and check it out with us. And knowing there's a variety of context within our church to sort of experience 
uh, what God is up to and what his love is like. But I know it's something that can sort of easily drift from our radar and just our pace of life or kind of just the doing of community together. But it made me think, especially with our, our Christmas at Southridge celebrations just a week away, um, as one of the high points of our year uh, where we celebrate God's love coming to earth through the birth of Jesus. And it's a great opportunity um, to invite others to, to sort of be a part of that celebration with us. I thought, what if um, every one of us here this week or every one of us listening to this, what if we all invited one person to consider joining us next week to celebrate Christmas at Southridge? You know, if some of those invitations were taken up on, how might that only broaden and sort of lavishly widen the invitation we can share of God's love that much more and inch us closer to uh, everyone in our neighborhoods and our communities getting to experience God's love as expressed through the church? Friends, we have so much to celebrate um, at this time of year. Primarily that we can celebrate that, that God's love became flesh through Jesus, through the logo of God's love that is Jesus, and that now he has invested in us and invited us to participate in making his love flesh in the world. And that's what we've only ever sought to be as about as a church as we celebrate 20 years of at least being Southridge Community Church in our local expression. Um, and while we've never done it perfectly, um, and sometimes it's a couple steps forward or a step or two back, you know, in our life together and the ordinary, uh, everyday, at times dysfunctional people that we are, um, the invitation remains the same. And what if we continued to desire seeing God's love be incarnated among us and beyond us like never before? What if we invested generously even with our finances, maybe particularly with our Southridge special delivery uh, offering right now. And what if we uh, invited lavishly, each taking the opportunity to invite someone to join us for Christmas at Southridge? How might in this Christmas season that multiply the impact of God's love among us and through us um, in the only way we have ever sought to? Um, that's my heart. That's my prayer that is so much of what we get to celebrate together today and this Christmas season. And it is all because of Jesus, all because of the word becoming flesh among us to show us God's glory, his grace, his truth, and his love. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that in you we see what God is like. That in you we have the perfect representation of the logo of God's love. And God, I'm struck again by how what you've done through Jesus and Jesus by giving us your, your risen spirit, we are now given and still have the, the purpose of being your hands and feet and living out your love in the world. It is quite something. It is overwhelming. And we need your mercy because we come short of that often. Um, but may we be reminded of that call, of that invitation, of your investment in us and your invitation for us. And may we continue as we celebrate you this Christmas season. And today we just mark and acknowledge and celebrate this particular milestone of our church. May you keep doing that work among us. 
We want to be open to it. And we want to see more of your love becoming flesh in the world. Um, to the humble ways we get to be a part of it. We love you and we thank you and we pray this in your name. Amen.